Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers and this is... Pato. Pat, how was your weekend? My weekend was not too bad. Um, I I watched a lot of movies, stayed inside a lot because it's fucking hot here in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and I don't do well in extreme heat. So, uh, yeah, I took, uh, me and the family went to the movie theater and saw A Quiet Place 2, which... Um, Did you like it? You know, it was a better theater going... So, the fir- when I saw the first one... I was in a theater, let's put it like this, that movie theater I saw the first one in was not a quiet place, and there was lots of people trying their best to be very funny, uh, riffing on it, doing the whole MST3K thing, although if I was a betting man, I would bet these people had never seen Mystery Science Theater 3000 before, but uh, they just wouldn't shut up during the fucking movie, and it completely ruined the experience, because that's a movie that really plays with uh, sound, I mean, it's kind yeah. of, it, it's, it's, it's part of the... Uh, it's part of the gimmick kind of, um, and it does it, it does it exceptionally well. And, um, so yeah, that was my experience the first time around the second time around. Uh, it was good. It was enjoyable. Um, they're definitely, they're deaf. They're small movies. Mm-hmm. Like if you talk about what happens, it's like, they're very, it's very minimal. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not a whole lot of plot. It's just like kind of these, um, drawn out moments and scenes and i was just a terrible description but uh it I was liked the first one pretty well i mean it was okay it, you know i think i expected more but i think my issue was that like i i missed out seeing the first one in theaters and so you know i think that that didn't help <laughs> i think that, that that hurt more than anything and uh you know so then when i watched it at home i just don't think it had that same effect now on on the flip side of that a comparable movie that i did see in theaters that was a great watch was uh don't breathe <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know movie. oh okay <laughs> that fucking movie. okay so at the time i worked at the movie theater right and we we you have to screen the movies before we actually yes. show them yeah. So sometimes we'd have like watch parties or whatever, and so and we did, and we all <laughs> we all watched this movie together with our fucking <laughs> old ass general managers and all with you know, and so you know of course everybody knows everybody knows what got the rise out of people, and that was right. of course the Pokey Baster. So um, <laughs> you know, anytime uh, anybody was over in the uh, QSR, uh, that you know they they busted out the Turkey Baster and and made, made everybody cringe. So. There you go. <laughs> there you go but it was a good it was a good experience and in the theater itself because you were you were really tied into it and let me tell you when he pulls out that turkey turkey baster the whole fucking theater roared you know what i mean so it's it's just sometimes some of these movies you have to have that theater experience so i haven't watched a quiet place to you actually i don't think you can stream it anywhere i mean illegally you can but like we don't do that here um but uh, you know i haven't i haven't been out to go uh to go see it yet because i've been sick actually it's been wonderful <laughs> uh well we'll get to your sickness in a second the other thing i saw this weekend was as long as we're talking movies is i saw corella um with the kids this weekend too and um thought it was okay it was interesting i guess uh as far as the the disney origin movies go uh i i think there that's definitely it makes sense because it's it's supposed to be like set in the in the fashion world and stuff but it once again it was something where the aesthetic is like the movie kind of beats you over the head with the aesthetic like it's almost like a scorsese movie the yeah. way that it relies on like needle drop song placements 
And it's all, uh, for the most part, I, I there's a Doors song that plays at one point. And it, it's so out of place because it's all like British invasion music from like the 60s and 70s. It's kind of very reminiscent of the Rushmore soundtrack, actually. And, uh, <laughs> and then there's a Doors song. And I wondered if like <laughs> the producers like, didn't know that the doors were from America <laughs> oh. because it sticks out so much like a sore thumb. But um, to me, at least it did. I don't know if anyone else, I, I know that in the room that I was watching that no one else picked up on that, but sure. Cause they were all fucking 10, but um, yeah, it was all right. You know, I think is, I'm glad that um, I got to, and for everyone that like bitches about the $30 price tags for some of these, like, uh, you know, like, same day as theater releases on video on demand having done both back to back on saturday and sunday you're getting a better deal with the fucking 29.99 i understand if you don't want to pay that to watch a movie but like don't kid yourself if you're going to a movie theater and you're taking more than one person with you you're probably going to pay that much so it's true when black widow comes out i mean uh i'll probably because i'm a huge marvel fan I'll probably pony up the the thirty bucks and not bitch too much about it, but uh, them, yeah. yeah, I mean it's like f- compared to and plus like the movie theaters by us now, you have to order like your snacks through an app before you can't can't like walk up oh, and be like you all take like a popcorn and an icy. You got to go on the app and like order it like an hour and a half ahead of time, and then they have it ready for you because we're still we're phasing out of covid here i don't know as a as a as a former theater worker that'd be kind of fucking nice actually but (laughs) i understand no one cares about your people (laughs) right i know exactly (laughs) um working 60 hours a week but (laughs) you know what sucks is that like yeah you guys see that's the thing is that you guys get I understand that because I had lots of friends in college that worked in movie theaters. My sister used to work in movie theater. Like, I totally get it. Unfortunately, the movie tickets keep going up and up and up. Mm -hmm. And you guys don't see any of that money. So, like, Jerry Seinfeld had a stand-up bit where he goes, you know, now they got these now they got these advertisements before the movie telling you to throw out your garbage on the way out. No, I don't think I'm going to do that. (laughs) I'm already already paying enough for a movie ticket. I'm going to leave my bucket of popcorn on the floor when I'm done, and then I'm going to get up and walk away, and someone else is going to pick it up for me. I'm sorry. I paid $15 to watch a two-hour movie. $15. You know what I mean? So, And I I understand that argument, but at the same time, I know that, like, yeah, but it's not like you guys – get a fucking portion of that it's the it's no the, not at all not even close well right. and that's you know movie take everybody complains about you know the price of popcorn and the and the sodas and stuff and it is ridiculous but like what people don't feel to understand is like the movie tickets themselves uh pay for the rental fees like, they, well they right they only uh we only make like 50 cents on on per ticket mm-hmm. so we don't make a lot so that's that's what it is all you know running the theater by itself and let me tell you screen just the screen just a screen alone for a theater is like 50 grand. I mean, it's fucking outrageous how much sure. the equipment and shit it is to like run an actual theater. But then like I can tell you, the manager, when I left the theater probably about four or five years ago, uh, managers made 1075 an hour. Wow. Managers made 1075. And, and because we're theater employees, we're considered technically in the state of Ohio, and it's not like this everywhere, but I know in the state of Ohio and like maybe like six other states across the country, we were considered self-employed because we worked in the entertainment business. They didn't have to pay us time and a half for overtime hours. So you were, you were working 60 hours what? a week at 1075 an hour. I shit That's you not. That's fucking crazy. I shit you not. But hey, you get free movies. <laughs> yeah i mean that's like blockbuster like i think as long as you can afford to do that with at that point in your life like it's a pretty sweet fucking job 
you know. Listen, but, I loved my job at the theater. Yeah. I fucking loved the people that work there. You meet so many people. Most of the kids that work there are like aspiring filmmakers and, and sure, they make yeah. great shit. We have a, you know, we live right by a big, a big film school anyway. So, I mean, it, it just kind of worked out. You meet all kinds of people. I worked in a really rich uh, theater. So we'd get celebrities and shit all the time. Actually, as a matter of fact, Jerry Seinfeld was one of them. Came to our theater one time. <laughs> what did he say? I, you know, I, I wasn't there that day, of course. Out of the 60 hours that I worked that week, I wasn't there that day. So, <laughs> but he was there. Um, but, uh, but because we worked out, we also worked like right where the uh, Funny Bone was located in, in Dayton, Ohio. And that's a big comedy spot. So it just, we had all kinds of people. It's a great, fun job, but you cannot pay your bills with it. So, <laughs> yeah. There's the that. only, the only famous person that used to rent from my video store, and I'm going to look it up right now, and I'm probably not going to find it in time, fuck it, is um, do you remember uh, – you ever see The Mummy with Brendan Fraser? Yeah. Okay, like his Weasley little sidekick. Okay. His name's like Kevin – Kevin J. Kevin Anderson, or oh my god, but he was—he's a Chicago actor, and he was in the Mummy. He was in Deep Rising. Um, he was actually in There Will Be Blood, <laughs> and he's got—he's got a really great anecdote because he was shooting uh, There Will Be Blood with um, what's that guy's name? That real—that real like professional actor that everybody loves. There's the audience is screaming at me right now. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! Come on, Daniel Day-Lewis, fuck you. So Daniel Day-Lewis and this guy are working on There Will Be Blood Together. And it's his la- and it's this, this, this actor's last day. <laughs> and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is like, well, what are you doing after this? And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm going to shoot Snakes on a Train. Uh, it's like a ripoff of Snakes on a Plane. It's going straight to video. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis is like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> like, this is like the greatest the greatest actor of our generation and he's hanging out with this dude that's like yeah i'm doing snakes on a trade after this uh <laughs> but it'd be like that sometimes though in the, in the theater world. <laughs> it, it do be don't it <laughs> it do be like that well did you uh were you you didn't partake in joe bob night i'm assuming or you'd have a lot to say about it oh kevin j o'connor is the actor's name that was in uh that was in all that stuff no what was friday night oh my god so friday night uh we had um we had a me and my wife had a day night and then we came back and we watched jade which was um it's like a uh they don't make very many of these anymore but back in the day they used to make movies called erotic thrillers and these were these were movies that you could go see in the theater that um would have a little bit of nudity and uh and and they would be major studio productions right I, that's what i was gonna ask is it like emmanuel <laughs> no it's it, it's like two steps above that so think okay. like think like basic instinct which actually was written by this so that the same guy that wrote basic instinct and showgirls which is one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time uh and he also wrote jade and he also wrote um sliver which was another sharon stone uh okay. billy Billy Baldwin movie. I've seen but, that one. Okay, so so but uh Jade was written by this guy and then it was also directed by William Friedkin who did uh Exorcist um and uh one of my other favorite movies of all time Cruising. Okay. But so this is like but this is like a major like you could see it in the theater. Jade starred uh, David Caruso who hot off the hot off NYPD Blue and um Lara Flynn Boyle and uh, Chaz Palminteri, who I met when I worked in the hotel industry. It was a very okay. nice guy. I helped him work his direct TV. 
and uh yeah so we watched that we watched that that friday night and uh i don't know what happened with joe bob what was what were the movies this week well it was just they you know what they let us know ahead of time that we were going to watch some very bad movies and not just that they came up with a challenge they call it the iron iron mutant challenge which is um submissions for it are now over so uh good luck with that but um you had to write a paper and if you write a paper and turn for writing this paper you get the iron mutant certificate in the mail um the movies that we watched were it was one called sledgehammer okay it was from i believe the 1980s and it was bad <laughs> it was really bad i hated that fucking movie it was really bad it was like about some like kid that like killed his family or something and then like i don't know he died so then he like came back as a ghost and like killed these, you know, rowdy, drunken, sexy teenagers. And, and that was in and movie, you know, whatever. But it just wasn't good. Um, Did he and possess then, a sledgehammer? Where does the sledgehammer come in? He killed his family with a sledgehammer. So, okay. Like he also had a ghost sledgehammer. <laughs> a ghostly <laughs> yeah. sledgehammer. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. A spectral sledgehammer. It was weird. This kid was like time travel. Like most of it was just like weird, confusing time travel shots. It was fucking weird. It just, it's not a good movie, guys. Don't even waste your time. But then we watched, then we watched something that I think is my new favorite. And oh, okay. I, I don't know, Pat, you might know this. It's very obscure, but it's also got a cult following. It's called Things no but you know what now that you're mentioning this i I mean i was still on even though it was date night i was still checking my twitter um no what was things let me look down real quick but fill the audience Uh, what was things i just it's things um that's that's what anybody that that watched it or watched it before knows what i'm talking about um things is 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 coined as like the worst movie of all time and let me tell you it's fucking awful but it's not it's it's fucking beautiful um I don't know what the hell it's about. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I got no idea. I don't think an impotent knows. husband driven by a fanatical desire to father children forces his wife to undergo a dangerous experiment. The result, the birth of a multitude of monstrous things. Yeah, that doesn't even that that doesn't even come close to explaining at all. Maybe that's not the right movie. <laughs> no, it is. Okay. <laughs> that's the fucked up thing it said it is. But like, it's also not. Um, I got no idea what I watched uh to be honest with you but i wanted my iron mutant uh certificate so like halfway through this movie i'm just like at first i'm like taking notes and shit i'm like trying to you know do my thing and then i'm just like i don't know what the hell's going on anymore i, I don't understand i don't know what's happening <laughs> but it's great <laughs> i love it because it's fucking hilarious it's bad it's bad bad but it's the kind of bad where you get your buddies together and you just fucking riff on a movie and I think a lot of people kind of miss the point of that. Now, Joe Bob is can can be a very sentimental man. So at the very end, you know, he kind of goes on to explain. He's like, you know, I know people are going to be mad about this week's movies because they're they're bad movies. He said, but the point is that, you know what? They made the movies. They did it to them. It, it meant something. Right. And, and that's what matters. And, you know, he's absolutely right. And I think that uh, even if you have a bad movie idea, you should still fucking make it. And maybe Joe Bob will show it on the last drive. And I don't know. I- I always find those those I'm gonna actually check this out. So is the deal with Joe Bob's driving that like all those movies are also available via shutter? Like if you wanted to yes. watch them, like okay. I will yeah. definitely check that one out. I, I have a tendency to find those things really inspiring as a filmmaker because like so there's a difference between like these people didn't like you ever see like Miami Connection? 
With no, the, I've never okay. heard of that. All right. Well, I'm not going to, whatever. So, but like, there's, I think there's a difference between people that just make like an app trash, like, you know, Killer Bong 7 or whatever. Yeah. And, and then there's a difference between like a guy or, or girl had an idea and it meant a lot to them and they really tried to go for it. And, you know, I don't think you can fake enthusiasm and sincerity and whether or not it translates into something coherent or like nonsense, you know, whatever, like that's, that, that's, we're going to worry, we're going to put that over here for now. We're not going to worry about that. Right. But you're right. The fact that they got it made, that they, they, they saw this thing through from, you know, bizarre fucking idea to like actual, like, then they got some people together and they shot this and then, and then boom, it's done. Um, you know, whether or not you get it or whether or not it, 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 it translates well, like, okay, fine. But I think you have to appreciate the effort that was made in, um, that was put forth just to do it. That's why I have a hard time reviewing movies in general. Cause I hate bashing shit. If I don't like it, right. like I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I didn't like that, but I'm not going to sit there and like, try to be funny and like, you know, dunk I don't on know. It. Sledgehammer fucking sucked and I will never watch <laughs> that one ever again, but but things it was supposed to be the worst movie of the night and it ended up being one of my new favorites and it's just it is it's such a little movie but it's so inspiring because it's like, look at this i think they moved i think it came out in like the 90s or something like that 89 and, and well i mean right there you'll watch it we'll talk we'll probably talk about it again next week that's your homework this week pat watch things um but you'll watch my new stare at goats one of these days but <laughs> <laughs> eventually i will it's on my list um but you know the point is is that they made this movie and i'm sure they didn't expect it to be big or anything i don't think they expected it to be anything but but what it was just a trashy fucking movie that they had fun with making but but what what's your standard i mean what's your what's your um goalpost for your decision of how you make it and how you're successful i mean is it premiering under underneath joe bob and having joe bob briggs talk about your fucking movie because they did it you know and so and all of these people sat there and watched it that night <laughs> Did, uh, yeah, no. probably the probably the single large, probably more people watched it uh, Friday night than probably had ever watched it, you know, ever, yeah, collectively. Period. Did they right. did, did they like bring in any of the filmmakers because sometimes they'll interview people or whatever. They they did not. Um, you know, I, I don't know if these people even had any clue or maybe if they reached out to them or where these people even are nowadays. I don't think he, the guy went on to make any more movies. I don't know, but um you know that's just kind of the point it's it's 2021 this movie was made in 89 eventually it got there so if you have the thing make it make the thing and you know what you can also do when you make the thing you could come and talk to pat and myself and uh you could be featured on a new podcast people who make stuff oh yeah i'm doing an interview <laughs> for that uh thursday night actually yes this week. yes yes we should be having the, the newest episode and i know i've got tons of people i've had so many people reach out to me and they want to come on and that's amazing continue to reach out please it, we I, will get you on yeah i had another one today actually that i have not talked to you about which i guess i i could do right now live but i probably won't but no that's okay we'll talk yeah. about it <laughs> but yeah but, so yeah there's two now that, that that i know personally that want to that want to do this so i've got so many people that want yeah. to do this and i want to talk to all of you and i will or at least pat will talk to all of you or maybe both of us will talk to all both of you of, don't um, hang this shit on me well, i said me or you or both of us um but we will be talking to you about the things that you make um so just right. uh you know hang on and, and stay tuned and if you don't know what i'm talking about just go look for people who make stuff on uh anywhere you get podcasts so and of course the link is in the description because 
that's the thing now, guys. That's the new hot ticket. So <laughs> that's my shameless plug for for my own show on my own show. <laughs> yeah, built an audience. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, if you like what we do here, you might like what we do over there. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it is. But yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't do much. This. I mean, I did the Joe Bob thing, and I. I, I guess I worked. Me and Ryan did the live stream thing. People seem to really enjoy that. Um, I, I caught that. I didn't watch it when it was live, but it's it's on YouTube, so you can go back and watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's only about an hour long if you're into that kind of thing. It was just a basic Q and A. It wasn't anything in depth. It's a good um, f- fifty five minutes of you playing with your hair. It is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever have a conversation with me in real life, then you know that that's exactly how it be. So. Really? You troll your hair the whole time? Oh, I move constantly. I const- I'm in constant motion. It's ridiculous. So, um, I don't, you know, it's just the ADHD. So, <laughs> gotcha. so that'll be, but we'll be doing that probably regularly and probably next Sunday. I don't know yet when we're doing it next, but you know, just, I don't know, go subscribe to a whisper to a screen podcast channel and we'll probably have more stuff over there. We'll see. Um, but anyway, um, so I've just been working and then, like I said, I'm very sick. Uh, I got my COVID shot a week ago, two weeks ago, like two weeks ago. I get my, I get my other, my second shot next week. I'm supposed to, but my daughter got very sick and instantly I went and took her and, and got her a COVID test and she was negative. And then about five days later, now I'm very sick and I don't know if I should go get a test or not. What do you, what do you think, Pat? Do we go get tests if we, if, I mean, she was negative, but does that mean I, I'm negative? Yeah, but I, I, so I don't know. Like, here's the thing. I, I probably took uh, maybe, I don't know, like three, I think three yeah. or four, yeah, three uh, over the, over the past year. And, um, all of mine were negative and all of mine, there was a lot of hand wringing about when do you go and do you, you know, you're supposed to wait X number of days. Otherwise it won't, you won't have enough like strong yeah. viral load for you to test positive all this shit. I don't know. But you know what the thing is, is that if you were to get sick any other time of the year, you would just kind of, people get spring colds, people get summer colds. I get them. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, it's just something that kind of happens. So, I mean, I guess. Do you have a fever? Uh, well, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I got stomach. Sometimes I got, like, my nose is constantly running. I'm just now coughing today. But, like, the last couple of days, my throat's been on fire. It's been just kind of a general symptoms. But, I mean, it could be anything. At first, I was like, maybe it's strep because my throat hurts so bad. But I, n- I haven't lost my voice, so that's good. Man, I can't handle strep throat. I'm like a I've, strep throat and ear infections. I mean, you could break my fucking arm, and I don't care about like. Well, and don't I, give I me a goddamn started, ear infection. I started taking a new medication yesterday, and it's a weird. It's it's a once a week injectable, and uh, so I don't know if like maybe some of my stomach issues are because of that, or I'm sick. You know, I don't know. So um, either way, I don't know. Maybe I'll go get a test tomorrow. Fuck, it doesn't cost anything. Why not? Why not? COVID oh totally day. yeah i mean if might you might as well go fucking get it right yeah i feel like probably now when i got my last COVID test <clears throat> which was when my son was positive um yeah i like walked into a place and i found out my results in 15 minutes and it was free and i remember going through you know crazy shit in the past year to get to get a test you know what i mean like having i had to pay a hundred dollars once to get yeah. fucking a blood test and then or doing that CVS shit and then sitting around for fucking five days, like yeah. Um, so no, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say go fuck it, you know. I think I'll just go. I for think the I'll peace do of it. mind, you know. 
I might as well. I don't have nothing else. I can't do anything else right now. I'm stuck at home because I'm fucking sick. So <laughs> right. Get me out of the house for a minute. I go get a COVID test. You guys got the cicadas there? No, but I was just thinking about that yesterday because it's going to be a nightmare with my job when they when they do finally pop out. When is do you have them yet? Yeah, we do. Um, we do. Surprisingly, I live right on this beautiful bike path, and like I haven't seen any like in my yard, but I can hear them at the because I can like walk up my front door, take a couple, probably about I don't know twenty twenty feet to the bike path. I mean, it's really not far at all, and then I'm there. Um, but they're probably all along there, but I mentioned it because when we went to go get my daughter's COVID test, um, <laughs> there, apparently there were some over there. I could see them flying around. We see them and they're, they're in fucking swarms. Somebody, somebody sent me, one of my friends sent me a message and he's like, listen, I know that cicadas aren't cryptids, but they're definitely cryptid adjacent. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah. He's like, have you been outside? It's like the Bible out there. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> But uh, when we went to get my daughter's COVID test, the nurse that came around to the car to give her a test, um, a cicada flew into her hair. And she, like, knew because you can, like, hear it, you know, fucking buzzing around you and shit. And she tried to, like, swat it away, but it flew into her hair and she didn't realize. And I was like, man, what's proper etiquette? Do I tell her that there's a bug in her hair and let her freak out and make an idiot of herself? Or do I just yeah. yeah. You think I should have? Oh, God, yeah. I didn't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> I just let it live, nest in her hair for. I mean, eventually it flew off on its own, but like well, I don't know. Seventeen years, there's going to be a fucking ton of them coming out of her hair. There's going to be more, yeah. In seventeen years, again, yeah. it happens every seventeen years. It's like fucking Jeepers Creepers out there. Yeah, no, I haven't. I don't. We should be due, but uh, I I haven't seen too many around here. I'm sure my dogs are just going to eat them all. They, I mean, they, my dogs could be picking the the backyard clean of them. Every time they oh, go out, yeah. there, it would oh, not People were eating them. Would you eat a cicada? I would no, not. I remember that shit the last time they came out and, and people were doing that. No. Were they? Oh, yeah. People. Why are you guys eating cicadas? I mean, there's a whole lot of are gross. Right. Like, you can get, there's perfectly fine food at your local food mart or whatever, wherever you shop at, and you don't need to eat bugs. Uh, but anyway, well, you want some news? You want to hear some news for the week? Yeah, what you got? Mm-hmm. I don't have much, but I got a little bit. It's just more UFO stuff, more space stuff. Right. Um, so NASA is going to finally start studying UFOs. Have you seen this? Yeah, I said, I've been, I'm very up to date with all this because it was kind of a Are big you? week for the for all the UFO stuff. Yeah, it kind of was, but it kind of wasn't. Um, well, it was all it's all very anticlimactic, which I think is is going to be how all this stuff is going to play yeah. out. I, I don't well, expect anything to fucking right. come of it. Nothing but. new has happened. I have done nothing but talk about this all fucking week. Um, which is fine, but you know, cause I, it's my job, I get it. But like we, it's just all anybody talking, like there's no cryptic news cause everybody's too busy talking about aliens and shit. Um, but yeah, the new big thing is, I, I guess, is that NASA is going to be, uh, studying UFOs, which like, shouldn't NASA have like been doing this, you know, this whole time. Uh, maybe that's just me. I don't know. I mean, it depends on like what na- like what. So, okay. So think about an organization as big as NASA and mm-hmm. the different things that 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 organization has to do to get a man on the moon right you got the people that um build the rockets you got the people the mathematicians that that plot trajectory and course you got the people that design the spacesuits. you got the people that train the astronauts like there's a there's a lot of different facets to nasa <clears throat> and i i can assume that there's probably some people working there that are qualified and worthy i guess to review the tapes sure <laughs> or something but i would think that there would also be uh 
comparable like-minded qualified individuals with the air force right mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. with uh you know the aviation experts boeing uh you know what i mean anything like that any people you know i guess it depends on like what what do they think just because it's nasa that doesn't mean like these are the motherfuckers anybody that knows anything about outer space works for nasa like because a lot of these things aren't seen in outer space they're seen in you know, inner you know like well that's a that's a really good point um i know that like okay so i was in this clubhouse room for three days straight <laughs> i swear to god this clubhouse room could you not I find the door yeah i guess so um no i mean i i would leave and i would come back and i would leave and i would come back but it was going on for days and uh it was just about it was just about this ufo disclosure the new york times articles updates whatever um but but you know for a room to go on for days you have all kinds of people come in and what i was finding was that people that are that are in the the air force um are they kind of like feel like scientists shouldn't be able to like stick their nose into this and that's kind of weird like they're kind of pissed off about it even though because they're the ones having the experiences but like but they're not really the navy is too so i, I don't but and i can't, navy people uh don't know about you know astrophysics it doesn't mean that you just because you fly a plane doesn't mean that you understand physics um like that you know what i mean so i, I don't i i just think that it's unfortunate to see that like there's like cattiness and fighting going on within this community which of course i, I guess there always fucking is but it's like Dude, there's we, people like, there's working people together that are batman fans that argue about that, that are catty yeah. and fucking fight and they both like it's batman it's, it's human nature you know what i mean if you put three <sighs> people in the room two people are going to find a reason not to like one of them you know yeah that's a good point i just i hate to see it especially with something like this i mean you think we'd all you know be able to to come together and and be like wasn't it nope. Ray? i think it was reagan that said hey if uh right if aliens are real then we're uh we're you know dropping our arms and working together on this um why aren't we doing that i mean because because aliens aren't real yet that's not the narrative I, and i don't think it will be but um it won't be they're not gonna say that i mean you know but they but they you know they definitely say that they don't know so that's good um, but that 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 to me isn't it isn't that much of an admission that to me is like you know have they i guess they've dismissed uh sightings of craft in the past is not sightings of craft right that was so that was i guess if we're, if we're gonna break this down for like you know the layman like for the yeah. first couple decades they would any sightings of craft would be dismissed as not sightings of craft they would build that swamp gas or oh it's it's you know fucking jupiter or something or oh it's something in the sky that was mistaken for something what else their balloons, yeah. right okay so now they're actually saying okay well not everything is you know somebody being a schizophrenic and not everything is swamp gas there are legitimate instances where things have been spotted that cannot be explained that do fit the term unidentified flying object or unidentified aerial phenomenon, right? They Because they changed the monkey. So, like, that to, uh, that's that's all. That's all this is. And the, the people keep bringing alien, alien, alien into it or extraterrestrial. And that's so far fucking away from, I think, what this is going to turn into. Because it's it, there's a chance that that's not even what the shit is. There's a chance that a lot of it is enemy air, aircraft from other countries, other other militaries. You know what I mean? I mean there, there's a mm. th there's a good chance that a portion of the a portion of these sightings are that. 
Mm. And yeah, I've I have I've maintained that for a long fucking time. And please review the tapes of of last week's episode too. You know, <laughs> I, I I feel I feel confident enough to make to fucking go on the record as i did last week about fucking aliens and at the same time say that like some of this stuff is a byproduct of a secret space program 100 percent, yeah maybe a small portion of but a lot of these really weird things so one, one thing that i took note of was that somebody had mentioned that uh one of the earliest reports that we have of of uh and i'm not gonna get too much into it i didn't do notes on this but um it was from 20 years ago and whatever the craft was, was definitely defying whatever science we have right now. And this is, again, from the military, from military's perspective, from a military person who, who viewed the thing. Um, it, was, it was defying our current science 20 years ago. Mm. Think about 20 years ago. 20 years ago. 20 years ago was, was 2001. Mm-hmm. You remember what life was like in 2001? You were there, Pat. <laughs> I was there. I was there. Remember <laughs> cell phones? Remember when they were just a fucking phone and nobody really had had one and, unless you were like super rich, like a rich businessman and like whatever. Um, you had like your landline phone or whatever. Remember how like we, only, we still only had like, I don't know, maybe like we had just now gotten 300 channels or something. But again, just like rich people had 300 channels on cable and shit. You know, just just thinking about general things and just thinking about how far we have come and technology and 20 years and and the big difference that makes 20 years is a long time ago now this is a report from 20 years ago saying that these things were doing this first of all there was no science to be able to do it 20 years ago there just wasn't so who was that was that the russians or was that the chinese no it was it, it wasn't us it wasn't any of us you know so it's not like it's just things that we're talking about now here and 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 2020 not even 2021 because this disclosure shit started happening last year you know and i think it goes back further i think it goes back to more like 2017 when trump was talking about the space force to begin with so well actually as a matter of fact those the famous navy videos are from 2017 and you know so we're talking about the last couple of years i mean can some of them be you know man-made sure sure there probably is some weird man-made shit out there um but you know what we're talking about and i understand i get it and i I made this point over on social media to all of the the ufo veterans out there this doesn't sound like a big deal listen i think these reports are going to come out and they're just going to be the same shit that we've had right except when project blue book was disclosed when it was declassified when it when it came out to the public we didn't have shit like social media we didn't have this 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 wild wildfire spread of information when project blue book came out it wasn't like it was front front page news across the entire world saying look ufos exist it, it was just you know your weird fucking uncle that had a subscription to fate magazine you know what i mean like it, it was that's what it was and now we have social media now we can actually get the word out there so the big part of it is not even just being like, hey, UFOs are real. We know they're real. We know they're real because it goes, for the U.S. anyway, it goes all the way back to fucking Project Sign. You know, it's, it's, they've been here for a very long time, and, and we know that as veterans, but not the rest of the world knew that. And the first step to accepting that there are other life forms out there in the universe is getting everybody on the same page to acknowledge that, hey, you know what? There actually are. So it's going to take a very long time to get to that point. Unless, of course, we get invaded, then, I mean, then you just accept it or you don't, I guess, or, you know, whatever. But, you know, at this point in time, um, you know, we don't really, <laughs> right now, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very small step, uh, you know, so we're getting there. 
<clears throat> something that I want to go back to that you said that um, that I think is very, very interesting and it's something very important to keep in mind during all of this stuff is uh, you were talking about how 20 years ago there's, you know, there was sightings of craft that oh, yeah, sure. was performing maneuvers that mm-hmm. um, didn't gel with our science. So that puts you in a position where either you believe science or you believe the sighting. And if you believe the sighting, then even though it's not your primary goal, you're basically disproving science, right? Because science is science, okay? So if we if we say that, you know, uh, crafts has to, certain things have to perform in a certain way based on, you know, velocity and mass and physics and all this stuff, and what we just witnessed breaks all those rules. Okay, well then, those rules are not rules. Those are, they're not accurate rules. Okay, obviously there's a higher level of, there's a higher mechanism at play here that we don't fully understand, right? Unless unless it's fucking magic, mm, right? Unless this, shit, unless this shit is magic. And magic always seems like magic to a civilization that doesn't understand the science, okay? No. So okay. you go back in time with a fucking electric screwdriver and a flashlight, and you can convince people that you're a fucking wizard, all right? And it's not. You sure. just have technology they don't understand. So the fact that, like, there was there was craft 20 years ago that can do things that defied our understanding of physics, all that means is that our understanding of physics is wrong. Because obviously the craft are doing the shit. Obviously, there's a way those things that we think are rules are not rules. Those things that we think are, are, are you know, uh, consistence, mathematical consistence, you know, uh, stuff that things that can't be broken, things that have to remain the same throughout the universe. Like, obviously, no, they don't. Okay. Things can stop on a dime. Things can and can get propelled in random fucking directions from zero to how, whatever speed in the blink of an eye. And we're saying, well, you know, based on what we know of, of technology and physics, that's impossible. All right. Well, did it happen or not? All right. And if it did happen, then it's not impossible because it just fucking happened. Okay. So yes, we're going to scratch our head and figure out what that craft is. But at the same time, let's figure out where our math went wrong. And why we don't think that that's possible, but there's all of the, all this evidence that it is possible. And I think that's a big part of this too, right? Is that if, if all these crafts or if all this evidence is going to come to light, that there's these things doing shit up in the skies that we can't explain, well then, yeah, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to, we're going to ask the questions where they, where they came from and who's piloting them and yada, yada, yada. But we also have to seriously rethink our, our understanding of fucking math, you know? So the average person, okay, let me let me start off with this. And when I say um, math, I don't necessarily just mean like arithmetic and shit. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, let, let me start off with, with with sharing my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes of all time that I, I use across the board with a lot of my studies, and it was from uh, Richard Fe- Richard Feynman. Feynman, I can't say his name, um, but he's he said, "If you think you understand quantum mechanics, you don't understand quantum mechanics." And he's absolutely right. So I think that 
people say science, right? And it's just a very general term because there's so many different types of science out there. You know, you, you've got all kinds of science. Um, I think that like some things we have a really good handle on. I think one of them is like, um, like anatomy and physiology, right? We understand how the body works and operates, right? We understand the basics. And then, you know, from there you get into more um, detailed things like, um, you know, there's some doctors that, you know, cardiologists strictly work with the heart, you know, neurologists strictly work with the brain. I mean, and then these people go to school for a very long time just to learn about that one little organ, right? I think we understand how the body works, all right? I think that we, for the most part, understand a lot of the um, biology in the world in general, so, which is weird coming from a cryptozoologist, but I think that for the most part, um, we've cataloged almost every species of animal. There's still a lot to be uh, claimed, but almost every one of them. Um, we understand social sciences to a degree, right? Because we can constantly test those and we, we can hypothesize, we can test, we can, you know, show and prove to ourselves that those exist. Um, we don't understand physics very well. We just simply do not. And I know a lot of people here probably don't follow physics like that. You pro you're probably not reading, you know, physics digest every day and, and figuring out what the new hot science and physics is. I think a lot of people just go, Oh, yeah, well, that's, you know, the scientists know. They just know stuff. They just know these things. I don't know these things. I don't need to know these things. If I need to know something, I'm sure a scientist will come along and tell me these things. You know, there's only about 10,000 uh, physicists right now on the entire planet. Out of 8 billion people, only 10,000. That's not a lot. Um, and physics is extremely, extremely complex. And every couple of years, we find something new that completely fucking rewrites everything. Now, all physics is is the science of the basic way that everything works and operates. Okay, so we don't know as much as we really don't. And and experts, uh, quote unquote, experts will tell you all the time that we're no expert on it. That's kind of the point of it. So like you're saying, you either believe in science or you don't. Well, if you believe in science and you believe in the fact that science is rewritten every couple of years, and it is, that's why you get all these reports. One day, you know, it's, you know, if you don't want to get colon cancer, then you'll shove a, gr a grapefruit up your ass every 10 years and you'll never get colon cancer. And then all of a sudden... Oh, grapefruits cause colon cancer. You know, it changes. It changes all the time. Um, and and this is kind of one of those things. But that's why it's important that we have teams of people, very smart people working on stuff like this. Um, I'm not one of those people. I, I'm not going to be on the uh, the UAP, you know, F, you know, TF or whatever, the task force. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be on that team. You're not going to be on that team. Nobody listening to the show is probably going to be on that team because we are just simply not brilliant enough to sit down and do this or have the credentials enough to really sit down and work this stuff out. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, but realistically, even as humans, probably the smartest person on our planet right now can't sit down and work out the physics of how this works exactly. Um, but what we do know is that even though it defies our current natural science, it is happening and that's just the takeaway of the disclosure. That's that's what that's what we're being told is that it's happening and we don't understand it. I understand why they wouldn't want us to know that they don't understand it, because when people don't understand shit, they panic and we don't want people to panic. There's no reason to panic. Nothing's happening except for like aliens are real and stuff. But aside from that, you know, they're not coming to take over the planet yet. Um, you know, they're, they're not hurting anybody. Uh, I guess if you don't like to be probed, that's kind of an issue, but you know, um, that's subjective, you know, enjoy it, but <laughs> that's, that's easy that's for you to say, it's very easy for me to say, <laughs> well, and, and tell everyone. 
one, you know, there's this great meme that, uh, the, that I, I save and I, I've seen it pop up in a couple different incarnations, but basically it's like a picture of like Easter islands and the pyramids. And it says just because white people couldn't figure it out, doesn't mean it was aliens. And, you know, talking about Easter Island and the pyramids and shit like that. Sure. Right. That, and I, I think that's kind of it too, is that because the, uh, popular conception of physics doesn't can't explain these aircraft must mean that they must be aliens from outer space and and not some other country or or some other you know whatever i mean isn't isn't that something that we'd rather believe wouldn't you rather believe that i mean and and this and this is a this would i i think I, I don't think this is kind of, I think this is like a rhetorical question. Like, isn't it, wouldn't you, because we're Americans and I think that that carries a certain weight to it that sometimes we're not even cognizant of, but okay. wouldn't you, we're used to being the, the on the forefront of everything, right? We're okay. used to having the best technology, the, the highest standard of living for a society, you know, the most creature comforts, uh, all this stuff, even though there's parts of America that are living in, abject poverty and, 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 and whatever, but still for the most part, you know, our, our, our lowest 1% lives better than probably 20 fucking percent of the world. Right. So like, what if we had to realize that there was another country out there that was smarter than us or that could build better aircraft? Okay. How damaging to our psyche would that be? Like what, what would, how, how, willing would our military be to admit that you know what i mean well, i think now maybe they would but we've never been in that position before we've not we, we just walk through the fucking day assuming that no one you know and that's why when shit like 9 11 happened it, it, it shook us to our core because we're not used to attacks on domestic soil but think about other countries that get bombed fucking look at all the shit that's going on in the middle east right now you know, and, and that comment could be, it could have been said at any point during my entire lifetime. It's still been completely valid. You know, look what's going on in the Middle East right now. It's fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's we don't live in that's 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 part of the world, but we don't live in that part of the world, so we don't know what it's like. You don't go to bed at night to the sounds of fucking you know like surface to air missiles going off and shit well, right like right that's we true. don't I mean, but there's parts of the world that do and there's parts of the world that like live in the shadow of these bigger stronger fucking super military superpowers duking and out you know and i think that you know if we had to realize that we that you know that there was other other countries had technology that invaded our airspace from time to time or could do stuff and and could fly over us in the night and and buzz you know passenger airlines and stuff like that or fly above airports or do whatever um you know you look up at the, i think you know you you know they try to convince you that you didn't see anything and you're full of shit or they'll be like oh well maybe that's a ufo but what if they were like yeah it's the chinese <laughs> and they just, <laughs> we can't stop them because we can't catch their shit because they're too fast and thankfully, they're just doing surveillance right now, and 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 hopefully they don't wire those things with fucking missiles anytime soon. You know, I mean, think about how think about how frightening that would be if every single one of these sightings over United States airspace was a fucking foreign country 
yeah. with with a with a fucking uh, weapon, you know, with an aerial weapon. I mean, You're like right. that would be that would completely change what think you see like you see a lot of those movies where like they dramatize what it was like growing up in the 50s when sputnik was up there and the and the russians beat us to have the first satellite you know and yeah. and how that freaked with the psyche of americans because now there was a russian satellite orbiting the world and is it looking at us and what can it see and what is it doing and all this stuff you know imagine that when it's like yeah the, those giant black triangle fucking ships that hover through the night silently that's actually those are Russian troop transports, and you know we don't know what they're doing or where they're going because they, you know, don't show up on our radar usually. So I don't know. I mean, that's that's my two cents. You know. <laughs> well, I think for now we just kind of have to sit back and, and see. I, 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 I'll be excited to read the reports once uh, once we get them. We don't have them yet, but um. I, I will be reading them, uh, unfortunately, but I will. I'll do it <laughs> for science <laughs> and uh, pick it apart to the best of my ability. It's what I'm good at, so uh, I'll, I'll do I'll do that much. But you know, if, if they're saying that they don't know what it is, then I don't think I'll be able to figure it out either. Um, not yet, anyway. Not yet. One of these days, when I catch Mothman and he tells us what they are, then we'll all know, right? So it'll it'll be settled. Um, well, speaking of uh, things that we don't really know much about. Um, why don't we talk about the the topic for the week? <laughs> yeah, let's let's get around to that. <laughs> I'm telling you, right? The UFO stuff's just taking over everything. Um, so this week we're gonna we're gonna go back. To, we're gonna jump back to some uh, conspiracy. I guess conspiracy. It's kind of it was a little bit of everything, doesn't it? It's got aliens and and conspiracy and, and military involvement and and true crime and it's kind of got everything, right? Right. It's got the hallmarks of uh, a, a great modern day conspiracy. A great, uh, a, a great, weird, weird Wednesday topic. So um, and of course, what we're talking about here is the uh, Malaysian flight, uh, the flight 370 that just decided to to leave for no reason. It just Bermuda triangled its way out of the world. And we <laughs> and, uh, you know, but in the new developments that that everybody seemed to just kind of forget about. So, right. Um, I learned uh, a shit ton just researching this episode. I'm glad we, I had I had wanted to do this for a while, um, and I'm glad we got around to it because I learned so much that uh, honestly I had not known, which I think is interesting too because they they spent so much time talking about the disappearance that when they did finally start to answer some of the questions, not all of them, uh, that definitely did not get as much airplay as the, you know the yeah. weeks surrounding the initial uh, disappearance. And it never really does, you know, and, and so that's kind of, uh, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that part. Um, but why don't we go ahead and, uh, Pat, you want to give a rundown on, uh, what the hell we're talking about exactly? If, if people don't know by chance. <laughs> You're going to make me do this shit. Okay. So, uh, March 8th, 2014, Malaysian Airlines flight 370 lost communications with air traffic control 38 minutes after takeoff. At the time it was flying over the South China Sea. While flying from the Kuala Lumpur International Airport to its planned destination, Beijing, China, Beijing Capital International Airport. Uh, Beijing, of course, being in China and Kuala. And I'm butchering all of these names and it's only going to get worse. Yep. It's going to so get terrible. Don't even don't even get upset. This is a free but podcast. Kids. You didn't pay for this, so no complaining. <laughs> uh, but basically, it was a flight from um, originating in Malaysia, heading to China. Uh, and it disappeared in route. 
So um, let's let's kind of start with that, and yeah. and we'll 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 kind of break it down as we go. But as we go. do you remember? I mean, this was only six years ago, so it was March eighth, mm-hmm. two thousand fourteen. Do you remember when this happened? Um, I do. I uh, was working at the movie theater at the time, um, okay. but I don't think that was really relevant. Um, you know, it was definitely of interest to me. I mean, being somebody that's you know just kind of been in the world of the weird for a long time um i was curious everybody was curious everybody was talking about it you know um but i didn't really have any initial thoughts i just kind of you know when they when they started talking about because i don't think they really even started reporting about it right away did they i mean um i want to say yeah i was i was pretty much glued to the uh i was pretty much glued to the tv when this shit was happening it was all it was all over CNN. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like it it went missing. Maybe they tried to investigate for about a day, and then they were like, "Hey, by the way, the rest of the world, this is what's going on." Or maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, I mean, I could if if I'd say if I wasn't watching the news like that day, then it was it was because who knows when? I mean, as far as time zones and shit go, like yeah, where I was when the story broke, like I don't think exactly. I was that floored, no. but I. Re- I remember being very interesting, like th- th- like this immediately, immediately uh, perked up um, my ears because I think at the time when when this happened, I'm pretty sure I was. It was when I was working at the last hotel, and I had uh, it was me and three apprentices, and one of my apprentices was a really big conspiracy theory guy. In fact, I haven't talked to him in about two, three years, but I'm pretty, he's probably like a QAnon dude. Was uh, it Alex it, Jones? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But uh, he was, you know, he was, he would sit up all night and he would watch these videos and then he'd come in the next day and we would talk about it when we should have been fucking working. And, uh, but yeah, he was, and I, I want to say me and him t- would, would sit there and watch the news at work and like talk about this shit for hours. Um, yeah, I mean, an airplane disappearing out of the fucking sky like that. Like that's insane to me. That's insane. Like that doesn't happen. Uh, right. ex- with, with the technology that we have. Right. Uh, and, and how, and especially in the light of nine 11, you know, um, there was so many, there's, there was so little information to come out at first that it seemed like, even the news was just reporting conspiracy theories because there was nothing else to report at first. There yeah. was, there was no, there was so little information that, you know, obviously the, the, the punchline is uh, the fucking plane is gone, you know, that like, how, how do you explain that? And, and I want CNN covered, which is what we were watching mostly covered everything like the the black hole theories, you know, I mean, you would see that like on the news where they would be like, oh, well, let's we'll spend 10 minutes talking to a physicist about this. You know what I mean? Um, that the that the flight controls had been hijacked. The fact that it was headed to China, uh, that piqued a lot of curiosities. Was it were they who was on board the manifest? You know, all that stuff. Um, it was just it was so many, so many variables and so many like questions and 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 just people coming up with random shit did and you subscribe to any sp- particular idea in the beginning or 
Well, I mean, going back to the Bermuda Triangle, which I know we were kind of talking about online a little bit this week. Yeah, we were. I mean, it's not exactly like this thing, this type of thing hasn't happened before in, uh, in the paranormal field. Um, definitely recently, and, and nothing this high profile, right? Right. I mean, the only way this could have been more high profile, and I hate to say it, is if it was a bunch of Americans on the fucking plane. Right. So the You're fact right. that it the fact that it was it was um uh you know Europeans and Asians and stuff, I think that might have you know, your common person in and you know, Duluth probably didn't care about it that much. But um, you know, if it had been a bunch of New Yorkers heading well, to I mean I think that anybody for the most part, if you ask them about, you know, the Malaysian flight that went missing, they know exactly what you're talking about. Right. Well, I mean, it was I mean, all, they don't know the details, but they they know of, of it at least. Right, but I, I feel like if it was a flight from New York to California that went missing somewhere over the United States, and and just completely fucking vanished, you'd have a whole entire nation, whole entire world glued to their TV maybe. until it got figured out. Oh yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. but I don't know, it hasn't happened yet. So not not to make light of this, I'm not saying that it wasn't important, but I think the if if any if Americans dismissed or lost interest or didn't pay attention, it was only because it wasn't other Americans on the fucking plane. But I mean, but that didn't that didn't weigh on me at all. The fact that a plane could disappear from the sky like that that to me was terrifying, and it was like it did not bode well. Um, and you know, being somebody that. Uh, you know, subscribe to a lot of these fringe beliefs and, and entertained theories. Yeah, a paranormal explanation was definitely on my short list for this. You yeah. know, wow. because yeah. of the lack. Bec- and here's what's interesting is that as we researched this episode, we found out that no, actually, the military uh, tracked the flight for a lot longer than we initially thought they did. Um, and so did the Malaysian, the Malaysian government knew more than they initially let on. A lot of people think that 38 minutes into the flight, uh, it completely disappeared off radar. And that was it when it lost, uh, communications with air traffic control. No, they actually pinged this thing for another six hours. Well, they disconnected and then they reconnected again. Isn't that right? Well, from my understanding of it, granted, I'm no aviation expert, but it sounds like there was certain, um, there was certain, systems on the plane that were still active and they were hitting communication satellites so like the system that downloads like the pay-per-view movies right or like if if you want to play those stupid fucking games on the on the headrest in front of you or something like that or the credit card authorization beacon thing to communicate with visa when you try to charge like there was like random things like that that were still communicating that were still pinging every once in a while and that was kind of how they were able to uh, figure out that the plane turned around mid-flight and instead of heading north it started to head south Mm -hmm. yeah do you want me to talk about that what's what we went (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm listening. Okay. I'm listening intently. No, I'm just listening. Um, yeah, well, but I thought that the claim was that they, they were able to activate some type of communication via phone or something, and they were able to, like, 
call the phone or the radio or something like they were able to to make communication with the plane but that nobody was answering yeah so um which is a little more extra than just like a credit card machine you know what i mean right. being, well, being active. that that they were that they were kind of able to explain away whereas like they were calling like the phones of the people um some of the victims some of the some of the passengers Okay. And it would ring a couple times. It wouldn't. Some people, some of them would like immediately be like, you know, do, 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 do. You know, this call cannot be completed as dialed. And some of them would ring a couple times and then go to voicemail. And mm-hmm. that was kind of just explained by different cell phone companies and different carriers do different things. And that, that was, that I don't think that led to anything. I mean, if um, a phone is off, it goes straight to voicemail, right? Isn't that right? Right, but I guess in these in these situate in these circumstances, they thought it, it was didn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> back in 2014, <laughs> back in the dark times of 2014, it didn't happen that way. Okay, all right, all right, okay, well, um, okay, so yeah, so it okay, so all right, um, I'm I'm listening. Man, you know more about this deal than I do. <laughs> uh, so it turned out. So basically, what we're talking about with uh. Where it, where it started to link up with uh, satellites. Uh, so it turns out that the flight had continued to link up intermittently with a geostationary Indian Ocean satellite operated by uh, Inmarsat, a commercial mm-hmm. vendor in London, for six hours after the plane disappeared from secondary radar. Uh, this meant that the plane had not suddenly suffered some catastrophic event. During those six hours, it is presumed to have remained in high-speed, high-altitude cruising flight, uh, and the link-ups were, uh, they're known as handshakes, and they were uh, electronic blips, routine connections that amounted to the merest whisper of communication because the intended contents, contents of the system passage. Okay, so this is kind of, uh, basically, and I'll say this for audience too, there's, uh, The Atlantic did a hell of an article <laughs> on this. So if you, if you want to get like a, a, a very in-depth, uh, explanation of the whole entire investigative process check out the atlantic uh don't go on wikipedia because wikipedia was completely outdated and didn't mention any of this shit so uh, there well okay so you know so basically what's being said here is that you know this is how we know that it was it was at least in flight for six hours after communication was lost right right and there are several several fall safes at play at play here when something like this happens and those fall safes weren't they weren't uh they didn't work (laughs) so you know like okay i'm sorry i'm probably jumping ahead a little bit um go ahead just go with it don't keep throwing the shit back to me so so you know what i do know is that you know so this this flight goes missing all right it goes missing again they knew it was active for hours afterwards and it goes missing the first thought is that it landed into the ocean somewhere right on on airplanes there is this type of underwater beacon that they have in case something like this happens so when something falls underwater um, there, it sends out a signal and lets people know. Now, I know that they did catch some type of, um, not transmission, and it wasn't even part of the investigation. It was part of something else that caught underwater noises, but it could have been underwater earthquakes. 
it, it could have been all kinds of things that would have, um, you know, made sense for these noises to happen. However, they thought that it could have possibly been the plane and they went and searched that area and they found nothing. And then the beacons didn't, I believe they didn't go off at all, which is why they still found nothing. They didn't find this thing forever, you know, and. Well, part of the reason for that is because the Malaysian government withheld a lot of this information at first. Um, they, so the, the plane was headed north and then the, uh, when it, when it dropped off radar, okay. The primary radar. All right. Right. But these, uh, intermittent linkups with uh, the geostationary Indian Ocean satellites, those are the ones that kind of leave the breadcrumb, tr- breadcrumb trail heading south. Okay, right. so th- with but that's information that um, private companies, the Malaysian Air Force, all, all those people kind of kept under wraps at first. So when all of these like re- like when they went out to search the ocean, they were in the complete opposite direction. They were searching up north. When all of the wreckage that was found, and, and newsflash, they found wreckage from this plane. Right. Uh, and, and it's been verified that, you know, some of it's questionable, but some of it's not. Like, they found, like, the fucking tail section and stuff. And it all washed ashore um, in the southern hemisphere, kind of over by Africa, like, off the coast of Madagascar and stuff. So, and that's not where they were looking at first. Right. They were looking way up north because that was the plane's flight path, right? So um, that kind of there's a lot of there's a lot of you know one of the, one of the quotes that um, that I I had highlighted for this was that um, and now I can't find it, but basically that uh, you know. This is a this is a prime example of a conspiracy and a cover up, but it's more of the response. It's more on the on the part of the Malaysian government just trying to because they didn't know what was going to come out from this. They mm-hmm. didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know what the explanation was going to be. So it was their fear of the unknown to, for them to try to suppress all this information. I have the quote. If you want me to read it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, From the start, there was this instinctive bias against being open and transparent, not because they were hiding some deep, dark secret, but because they did not know where the truth really lay. And they were afraid that something might come out that would be embarrassing. Were they covering up? Yes, they were covering up for the unknown. Which, oddly enough, kind of mirrors the whole uh, UAP phenomena. Um, (laughs) Just to be completely honest with you. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, but but why? I mean, what what did they think? What were the theories that they were that they were facing here? I mean, they thought that what it was the start of a war of some sort. Well, I, I think just going back, you know, like were you just liking that to the whole UAP thing? Mm-hmm. I think because to not have to not because it makes them appear that they're not in control. They're not in the control. They're not in control of the narrative. They're not in control of the information. They don't know what happened. And then to have something kind of come out unexpectedly, it diminishes their authority. And that's how these institutions operate is on the presumption of authority. They know what's going on. They, they're in control of all these airplanes, right? Right. It's was the it a hijack? That gives you the answer, but it's, but 
nobody really knows. <laughs> you know, was it a hijacking? Now there were there were two people that boarded that plane with uh, with bullshit passports. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're technically stowaways. Um, now they they don't think they were terrorists. They think that these were people that were just like asylum seekers that were using bullshit credentials, right? Sure. But you know, when you're right. when you're going through the passenger manifest and you see that, and you're like, oh shit, you know, did did terrorists hijack one of our fucking planes? No one's going to yeah. want to fly this airlines anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or was it? Um, one of the theories that I remember being very prevalent when uh, this happened is the idea that you can remote control. So, so to prevent nine, uh, another situation like 9-11 from happening, that uh, all of the planes could be overridden and basically turned into like huge drones. Right. Okay. And that way, not another 9-11 can never happen again. If another If another passenger airline or something gets overtaken and hijacked, we can cut off the cockpit and just fly the thing remotely and land it where the fuck we want. Okay. So then there was, there was the theory that that is what happened and that, um, it was landed in, uh, a military air base. Um, and, and there was something on board. There was either personnel or there was, cause there was a lot of like lithium batteries in the, in the, in the cargo hold or something that they thought maybe there was, there was some kind of like, you know, uh, technology that was being smuggled that they wanted to somebody wanted to get a hold of and they had they had hijacked the plane's uh remote guidance system and landed it somewhere and then killed all the passengers and taken all the shit um so i mean if that ends up being the case then imagine having to admit that that the planes could be fucking hackers could take control of planes at any time you know or foreign governments could you know, and what and I think that all of the fact that the government didn't know what happened and because they didn't know what happened, they went they went out of their way to try to suppress everything kind of leads uh, lends more credence to the conclusion that the Atlantic article came to, which I'll second because why not? And that's that what really happened to that flight is just the pilot went fucking nuts. You know, uh, he was not in a good place emotionally. His wife had left him. He was going a bunch of shit at home. He was very uh, isolated and withdrawn. And he had a flight simulator in his home where he had practiced kind of this whole thing over and over again a bunch of times. And it just seems like he just fucking flipped out and went nuts. Uh, Put on an oxygen mask, went up uh, above the altitude that is enough to kill everybody in the plane because of depressurization. Then kind of came back down. Which the what info they do have from the radars suggests this is what happened, and then just basically flew it until it crashed into the fucking ocean. Which is a weird, you know that it just that doesn't sit well with me. You know, not that people don't go crazy and do crazy shit like that, but like it's that's so fucking involved. Like that's such a weird big way to kill yourself and not leave behind like a manifesto or like a suicide note or some shit at home. I don't, you know, I, the article mentions that someone, that there was another pilot that, and a different country, country's airline that did the same thing about a month later. And they don't think that it was a, like a copycat crime or whatever, but, um, well, let's, why don't we talk about that other flight, huh? Oh yeah. So, so what made this thing even more bizarre as it was progressing in real time back in 2014 
is that uh, about um, well, a couple months later, July 17th, so about three months later, um, Malaysian Airlines Flight 17 was shot down on the Russian-Ukraine border. Well, crashed, right? Uh, and that was like even more fucking crazy. Because, because that's what we were all told initially. We were, we were like, "What the fuck? What do you mean another another one of their planes is, is gone?" <laughs> well, because so then, of course, you're because they still haven't found the first one. All this information that we now know about uh, it flying for six hours and turning south, and all these you know geostationary satellites picking up you know these random pings and stuff. None of that had come out yet. No one knew that, right? So this is still just plane disappeared out of the sky. Right. Three months later. Uh, same, same airline, same airline company, same type of plane, boom, just crashes in Russia. Right. <laughs> yeah. So any, you know, I, we were all thinking that that was the missing flight and yes. they, they yes. were returning it and they were, they were coming up with an explanation why everyone on board was dead and the plane was fucking destroyed and every, right. you know, um, yeah, that yeah. that was a theory about. I I remember it was just so weird. It was like what? What? Well, I don't remember if we knew. I think first we knew that there was wreckage of a plane, and we were all like, "Oh, there's the flight." And then it's like, "Nah, it's just another one from the same company." <laughs> right, which is such a bizarre coincidence. But this one, almost immediately, because that is that is a a, a very hot area. Uh, there's there's lots of you know that was. Ukrainian rebels were fighting for independence, but when they say Ukrainian rebels, really what they mean is like Russians that are infiltrating that area yeah. and trying to overthrow the Ukrainian government because they wanted the U Ukraine to become part of Russia again. And which is my severely fucking <laughs> slipshot, haphazard <laughs> explanation of geopolitics. Yeah, listen, we're not a, we're not a war <laughs> podcast here. Um, you guys want to know more about the Ukrainians? I don't, yeah, know. don't listen to fucking me. I'll tell you that right now. Right. But, but uh, you know, at that time, that whole area was a no-fly zone, um, especially on the Russian side. So there was there was a lot of them attack uh, service-to-air missiles, trying to shoot down enemy troop transports, and it was basically like you don't fly through that area, and this plane flew th this passenger jet you know like uh, you know people going on vacation as a bunch of dutch tourists uh get shot down and um which is kind of weird because it's not like they don't know about no fly zones right but the, then you find out uh that they weren't really supposed to fly over there that right. their flight path got changed because of uh some weather issues and then there was a conflict with another airplane um that kind of forced them to go into that area and they just and, thought yeah, we will be all right we'll chance it right and which i would have never done and then i think there's also um because well, what ended up happening was there's uh four russian soldiers that were actually charged so the majority of the passenger uh the passengers on malaysian airlines flight 17 that's the second airplane that crashed in july those were of Dutch origin, right? So the Dutch government launched an investigation to figure out who shot down that plane. Because that they, they figured out pretty soon it was shot down with a service and air, air missile, right? So they figure out what uh, Ukrainian uh, rebels are 
operating in the area at the time and they there's different cells of people and uh they figure out that it's these four guys that um responsible for actually like holding the rocket launcher and shooting down the plane right they were they were the group that did it and um the one guy uh igor gherkin uh he was a fairly well-known russian army artillery veteran and uh kind of like a bad dude you know i guess i'm not passing judgment but you know he's seen some shit i guess as one would say sure uh and he went on the record of saying that like he was in the vicinity when that airline crashed and he went to the crash site because you know but he didn't shoot it down and that uh it was full of corpses yeah which could be a a good way to say like hey i'm not responsible for all those deaths um although he was very much on record as being responsible for a whole lot of deaths and he didn't seem to really debate those facts too much <laughs> but uh but this, laugh. These, are, these are people yeah but he was he was he went on record as saying like i we did not shoot down that plane uh someone else shot it down and you know yes we were we were in the area and we responded to the wreckage to see what had happened and it was a uh plane full of corpses that we believe was flying on autopilot i mean how would he know that it was a plane full of corpses well, i mean right because at that point they're all dead anyway uh right. just the bodies did not look recently deceased so what he was suggesting was that that was the plane and what's interesting here is that he says flew on autopilot yeah so that means that he seems to be of the opinion that boeing passenger airliners can be flown on autopilot remote control and uh so that that was kind of the the conspiracy theory that he put out and maybe this was just him trying to defend his, himself but he was basically saying that this was the flight that had vanished three you know three months earlier flight 370 that uh this was them kind of making its return but th the thing that's weird about that is why would you do that then like why because you it's you're passing it off as a different plane well right that 370 wouldn't have been able to have flown for a month straight no 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 no. not saying that like if if someone had hijacked that plane either you know boots on the ground or boots in the plane hijacked the plane or they just remote controlled it to the diego garcia uh air force strip and then killed everyone on board and took whatever they wanted to take the the chinese scientists that were supposedly on the passenger list and then put it back in the air but why would you do that at that right. point why would, just so the so the plane can crash somewhere like i don't know that was kind of a different plane but we know that it i mean we know that this was this was flight 17 right right we know that it, it wasn't flight 370 I and mean, we, we know that now um because we have a pretty good record of, of these flights you know it's not like they, you can just take off and well some places you can but you know you can't just go flying around wherever you want to it just doesn't work that way so um, you know, we know that 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 claim was ridiculous, but you know, was he just trying to get out of it, um, or did he know something about Flight Three Seventy that we didn't? I mean, did he have other information? Maybe he did believe that this was that flight. I don't know. Initially, yeah, I think it was. It's it's very strange that the two crashes happened so close to each other, so close with together, the, right. with the same air, same type of airplane 
same airliner company. Um, right. It is strange. And just, well, and again, it's not even just that. Then all these like safety precautions put into place. And again, this is post 9 11. We've, 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 we came a long way in in those 13 years, you know, to, to make sure that, you know, weird shit didn't happen again. And all those things failed. You know, that's strange. That's, that is very, I mean, yes, we found it eventually. Great, wonderful. But like, how like what a perfect storm you know what i mean to create that such a tragic event I right mean, and something that you know i i don't i don't know how you quantify this but something that i i believe um at least me personally i i thought there could have been a paranormal explanation you know and i think it's like it could have been yeah yeah and i think it's it's safe to say at this point that there is none you know we we could debate you know the different political motives and stuff like that and and all that but at the end of the day i think we're all pretty much in agreement that it was not a black hole that it was not a ufo that it was not a bermuda triangle type situation you know Um, i I still think it could be some one of those things really yeah really yeah i do i don't think that guy killed himself no, like I said, it's a that's a very far fetched plan to go out of your way to kill. I mean, there's much easier ways you can you could swallow pills. You could you you know okay, I'm not gonna name them all. I'm not gonna name them all for, for people, but there's so there's much easier ways to go about doing that. Like I said, typically if you look at people and uh and true crime and people that do shit like this that do do these things in a big way, they typically leave something behind. And this guy didn't. It just it doesn't make much sense to me. It, well, what are one argument, well, two things I have to say in response to that. One argument is that the 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 fact that he uh, practiced this uh, repeatedly on his home flight simulator is kind of the breadcrumb trail that he was leaving behind. Number one, uh, number two, you know, if if everyone just killed themselves by the path of least resistance, then you would just have a bunch of people jumping off buildings. Yeah, and no one would hang themselves. No one would. I mean, people kill them. Now, granted, these are the outliers, but I'm sure that if you were to, we could do a whole entire episode on the fucked up, insane ways that some people have killed themselves. Ooh, maybe we will. <laughs> there you go. Maybe That's we an idea will. For it. But I mean, think about it. Like, if you're talking about one case of like somebody covering themselves in honey and jumping in a fucking fire ant nest or something you know what i mean like there's tons of crazy shit where people didn't take the easy way out they didn't kill themselves with the path of least resistance why can't this be one of them you know what i mean it doesn't explain like you know but the, i because think there's it's a, not the path of, of least resistance no but that's my point that's my point is that not everybody kills themselves the easiest way possible no but the people and the people that don't typically when they when they don't do that and and they go out in a big big way again usually they leave something behind they, they want to make a mark they want to be known for this right there's a reason behind it they'll leave a they'll leave a video manifesto they'll leave a suicide note something that would have led anybody to be like oh okay that's why he did it and this guy did not do that and that's strange well i mean look at still- like big mass shooters and, and things like that i mean they're gonna mass shooters let me tell you something when you decide you're gonna go and mass kill a bunch of people you decide that day i'm not going to make it out of this alive some some of them do very rarely some of them do but when you go to do that you've decided and typically like i said they'll leave notes behind they'll leave how videos. much 
really betrayal. How, how much have you ever heard of that Joker-looking motherfucker that shot up that movie theater in Colorado? How much mm. have you ever heard of his reasoning or why he did all that? He had a whole entire trail, though. He started dropping out of classes. Um, he rigged his entire apartment. He did leave something behind. Um, he or what about behind the Vegas the- shooter, the guy in the hotel room? I don't the know much about the Vegas shooter. Smuggler I didn't look too much into that one. I, but my point is, is that I, sometimes I think maybe these guys do leave a note, but it's not always put. It's not always published in the press. Maybe these guys do, you know, I have no idea. There was a whole entire trial with the Colorado movie theater shooter guy. And I have no idea what his defense was. I have no idea what his explanation was or what he said, or even if he was allowed to testify. Um, You know, this this goes back to like, I think what we kind of said in the beginning of the show is that, you know, sometimes the crime gets more publicity than the explanation then you know what i mean the mystery gets more explanation than solution or gets more gets more publicity than the solution right so like yeah when this when these flights went missing it was all over the news and it was it was big news for a couple days um but when they started finding wreckage off the coast of madagascar and they verified that the plane had crashed you know, in, in the in the South Hemisphere and not the North Hemisphere, and that the Malaysian government had proof of this that the flight had turned around, the plane had turned around mid-flight and headed south. Uh, that wasn't publicized nearly as much as wow. the mystery of where the fuck to go. You know, when it first dropped off the radar. I mean, yeah, I I'd see what you're saying. I just I don't know if I buy it all the way, guys. I would like to believe when I was a kid. Let me tell you something about my childhood. I used to think that the Bermuda Triangle would be like a big piece of my life. And a real <laughs> that <stuff>. quicksand. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, you don't hear nothing about the Bermuda Triangle anymore. And even though this didn't happen there, um, you know, the, the kid of me, I guess, kind of wanted that, uh, the, the sexy answer. And this, like, some guy killed himself in the sexy answer. So, <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. I, I had a... Uh... And I, I might have told this on the show before, but I had an uncle um, by marriage who uh, was like a, a merchant marine, and uh, he was from Turkey originally, and then was on a ship that came into New York Harbor, and then like jumped off the boat and just swam ashore, and eventually married my aunt, and became an American citizen, and I would like see him at family functions and stuff, and. You know, I would just be like, tell me stories. Like, you're weird. <laughs> you know, you're yeah, from Turkey. Yeah. The fucking guy. He was missing his trigger finger on his right hand. Like, like the like the first two, like, on it, the, the trigger finger on his right hand from, like, the middle knuckle up was missing. And I was like, well, how'd you lose your finger? And he's like, boating accident. And I'm like, or you were an assassin and they cut off your fingers so that you couldn't kill anyone else ever again. You know, which is like what the what they do in a lot of those, like, gangs and shit. Like, if you're a gunman and you quit, they're like, all right, well, if you're not going to shoot for us, you're not going to shoot for anyone else. And they take your trigger finger. Yeah. And he was missing his trigger finger. And I'm like, is that what it is? He's like, no, nah, I just a rope cut it off. And I'm like, okay, buddy. Um, but we were talking about, like, his experiences as a, as a merchant marine. Of course, I'm asking him, has he ever seen a crack in or, like, fucking giant sharks or anything? And he said, no, but, you know, he worked in the shipping industry for a very long time. And he would talk about how, like, I think it was like every day or, or, or every week or something, a boat goes missing. Just completely yeah. vanishes. 
Yeah. And it's just, it happens. And is it pirates? Is it just, you're talking about the vastness of the ocean and how big those waves get and, and, and stuff happens. But yeah, ships go missing even in today's day and age, you know, the ocean just sometimes swallows shit up. So, um, the Bermuda Triangle thing, like that, I guess, always freaked me out a little bit because it was so close to home. It's kind of right off the coast of Florida. Right. But, um, you know, the ocean in general, man, it's a big fucking place. Maybe we should talk about that one day, the Bermuda Triangle and, and other similar uh, incidents. I mean, fuck, we can talk about missing planes. Why not missing boats? I think it would be interesting to check in with that and see if that's yeah. still it, relevant. It, yeah. Or if, you know. That's a good question. Maybe just people are sick of talking about it. They're like, I don't know what's going on. Just these boats and these planes go in here. Well, and it's not just that. It's not just that they go missing. It's that, you know, people come back with stories <laughs> about what the fuck happened. And it's weird. You know, so maybe we will deep dive into that one day. Um, I don't know. Fuck. Maybe we'll do it next. I don't know. Or maybe we'll talk about suicides next. Who knows on this fucking show anymore? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's always a fun time. You never know what you're going to get. That's a point of the variety. Um, but. Yeah, so any final thoughts on the uh, Malaysia flight? Uh, Dude, I, I butchered this one enough. <laughs> oh, you didn't. You did a great job. Everybody tell Pat how great of a job he did because he did amazing. Yes. Um, if follow me I, on I, Twitter. I, I, follow, follow, follow Pat on, on Twitter, Dr. X. Um, also, I'm, I think I'm going to put a poll out there. I think we're going to decide whether or not Pat should bring Dr. X back. Someone had mentioned it. Don't they know who they are? And uh, maybe maybe we'll do that. So watch what, out for that. What was the rationale behind that? That could be our closing conversation before we, we sign They just really week. enjoy. I mean, they just thought that you could make it, you know, its own personality and its own backstory and, and stuff like that. So they just think that you should bring it back. And uh, and I told them. I said, well, the Dr. X thing is my fault. So <laughs> I would be I would be hesitant just based on, on. And this is the only thing I'll say about that. I could start using that name. I don't care. That's fine. Um but the only reason I I would I'd be hesitant to give it a backstory is because I think what it, it damages credibility if I come up with some goofy backstory about that's like, true you know what I mean it just seems that's a good like point. you know oh so if he's bullshitting about this is he telling is everything just this big elaborate improv well, right prank? guys and, and believe it or not like we we really do try very hard to bring you guys the facts as close as as we possibly can. <laughs> This time allows for research. <laughs> even if they're right, I mean, even if they're uh, goofy, um, you know, or whatever, even if it's in a goofy, fun way. But you know, we, we like that fun. So, um, but but that, that's a good point. Um, so I, I don't know. Well, we'll see. Just you guys, let me know what you think. How about yeah, there, there's a difference between like being ill-informed and being purposely misleading with your information. Yeah, you're not going to get clickbait here, and maybe that's why we don't have millions of listeners. I don't know, but. <laughs> I appreciate everybody that does stick around for, you know, the truth. The truth isn't always great fun. It can be, um, but but not always. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I guess with that being said, uh, we'll see you guys back here next Wednesday.